We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Friday, September 11th. We are officially at week one. I am Scott Jenstead. Joined, as always, by Andrew Laird on Fridays, talking DFS for the NFL main slate. Um, really looking forward to breaking down uh, breaking down every week with you guys this uh, this season. Uh, talking talking slates is one of the most fun things I do. I love talking it with Andrew. Uh, Andrew, how are you today? We got uh, we have some football. We actually had a game last night. It's uh, it's crazy. Like I texted you last night. Like I really can't believe we're watching yeah. football. Like I just not that I was like convinced it wouldn't happen, but it just seemed like. Uh, everybody was so convinced that bubbles were the way to go and that's the only way to do it. And they're talking about, you know, college basketball doing bubbles and NBA coming back in January and possibly trying to do like regional bubbles. And the NFL is like, no, we're just going. We're going to pack as many fans in as we're allowed to. And there we were last night watching Chiefs Texans with 13,000 people in the stands. This is wild. It, it, it's pretty so it's so NFL that not only do they start on time, but their first game is actually the one that has fans in it. it just, yeah. It's amazing. How, it's amazing how that worked. It was I, I, I tweeted it last night, but like I got so used to it was so weird in baseball seeing no fans. And last night it was genuinely weird to turn the game and actually see fans at the game, which is such a strange way to look at it. But it was so weird. And like the scattered fans is kind of yeah. like that's got to be a worse look than anything else, um, except felt like on like the good seats. They were a lot more 
clumped together than maybe they should have been. It was very strange how you look in the end zones. Everybody's kind of scattered and distance. And then the good seats, everybody was kind of a little closer together. Yeah. I mean, you don't know. I assume they're just like families yeah. who. Yeah. I assume they all the know each other. But, pod anyway, but I don't know. It's, um, it's just, it was great to see just because it felt a little normal, which is it not did. something that I feel a lot in life these days. So, uh, yeah. And now we have uh, a full Sunday to, to prepare for. Yeah, so before we get into the exact breaking down players, I just want to get some general thoughts on the slate. Um, so we had no preseason games. We have very little, like, actual real practice. I mean, teams had some scrimmages. And I don't know if, you, if anybody watches Hard Knocks, like the Rams went to the new stadium and had, had a scrimmage. But you could tell it's not even quite the level of intensity of a preseason game. Um, Andrew, i got to say, this is probably – we've been doing this – I've been doing this for, I think, five years in the podcast, second year with you – this is the hardest week for me to actually know what's going to happen. And I don't think anybody really does. So I don't think it's like me. Don't, I don't know what's going to happen. It's really difficult to break. I have like different strategy ideas and guys I like. But I tell you what, to, to anybody that says they know what they're going to happen in week one, uh, I don't know. I think they might be kind of full of it. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, we obviously like attack slates a little differently. You tend to focus on tournaments and I go with cash games. And like one of the fundamental things of cash games is like, avoiding risk as much as possible and play like what you know. Yeah. And um, I'm just going to say before you go, I'm going to say good luck with that, but keep going. Yeah. <laughs> we, and just like, we don't really know anything. Um, we have like guesses and assumptions and some of them are a little more educated guesses than others, yep. but it seems like every situation that you're like, well, we, this is what we know. And then somebody's like, well, what about like this little wrinkle? And you're like, oh, I didn't think of that. Or like, oh, I guess that is a little riskier than I thought. And there's just like, you go down the list of teams, you go down the list of players and it just, there are just question marks everywhere. And so, uh, what's really odd is that it seems like we should think that every year, like, oh, it's a new season thing. The mm-hmm. NFL has such parity. It changes every year. And like, but week one, I mean, we get the, the salaries so far ahead and then like injuries happen, clear value plays open, but like with no preseason games and with, uh, limited practices, uh, guys, we just haven't gotten as many injuries and not any injuries to guys who are like really important that all of a sudden we get this like free square running back. Who's 4,200. Yep. Um, we just don't have that this year. And even people who are like, Oh, well this guy who, um, and there are a few of those guys that will we'll mention later that they're like, well, he's obviously the guy. And it's like, no, no, there is no obvious anywhere. And so it's just uh, Sunday morning. And and that even doesn't even include the fact that like we could have COVID tests, positive tests on Sunday. I, I, not that I have any reason to feel we will or won't, but like, I have to believe that we won't and that we'll be all right. But even still like the, we have, we've had weeks to look at these salaries and to see the, uh, all the the lines for each game, whether they're moving or not. And it just seems like we still really have no idea what to expect. Yeah. And then yesterday we had this tweet that came out. I forget who it was from, but essentially like, you know, with the limited slap, s- snaps and reps and preseason games, you know, a lot of coaches are going to go with, you know, uh, running back and receivers kind of, uh, you know, get them out of games, not push them quite as much. And then game one 
Clyde Edwards Hilaire had 25 carries. Yeah. So, like, it's so funny. Like, the first game, we're like, okay, well, maybe that doesn't make it. Maybe when guys get out there, we're going to get what we're going to get. So, I think it'll vary by team. I think it'll vary by, you know, I think new coaches is, is an interesting wrinkle. I think that, you know, teams that are established, you look at someone like the Falcons that has, you know, the same game skill players, same coaching staff. Like, I think a team like that is more likely to kind of know what they're doing. And I was actually impressed last night. It, it wasn't quite as sloppy as I thought it'd be, but I thought the tackling was really bad. So there's that. Like, that's that's probably the thing that, like, by not getting as many, anywhere near as many full reps or prison games, you're probably going to have a lack of just guys aren't really tackling and hitting as much as they would normally in practice or in games. I think that, I think tackling is going to be pretty ugly in week one. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are going to go into the whole, like, well, if the game is sloppy, does that mean that, like what you said, the, the tackling isn't as good or, like, maybe the yeah. receivers aren't? as as ready as they are so like the, no that is, that's is he, that's only demarcus robinson but, oh <laughs> i wasn't gonna bring it up but i guess way, so. way to drop two touchdowns in the first mm. free quarter of the game oh. um but yeah like we uh we have this in soccer which uh for anybody here who doesn't care about soccer i apologize for bringing this analogy but towards the end of the season like at some point like there are no playoffs in in the european leagues and so you get to a point where like the games basically don't matter And then you go in, you're like, well, does that mean that they're just going to score a bunch because nobody cares or do they just let up? And so they just kind of pass it around a lot. So there's no scoring. And you kind of have this idea now with like the limited practice, like, does that help these, does it help the offenses because the defenses are not as sharp or are the defenses ready because the offenses aren't as sharp? So I don't know what the answer is there either. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be wild. It's going to be a wild week of, you know, I think, you know, some guys are going to go crazy and then some guys we've never heard of are going to score. It's going to be one of those weeks when, uh, yeah, NFL Twitter is going to be <laughs> going to be pretty crazy. And a lot of uh, a lot of I told you so's and a lot of that kind of stuff, which is always fun. Which, uh, I love week one on Twitter. Uh, but let's let's jump into the slate. Um, the thing I thought most interesting is you look at uh, you look at DraftKings. All four skill positions have someone that is way, way higher priced than anybody else. Like usually you see, you know, here's our top two or three guys. Here's our top four guys. Here's the guy that is 500 more. Quarterback or running back has Christian McCaffrey who's 2,000 more than any other running back. Lamar Jackson's 1,000 more than any quarterback. Michael Thomas has 1,300 more than any other running back. And George Kittle's 1,200 more than any other tight end. I don't think I've ever seen it where you have a set guy at each position that's way higher than everybody else. Yeah, that's a great observation. I actually didn't even really think of it that way. Although those are all guys that like you were looking, you'd naturally look at for right. cash games because they're the highest floor guys at the positions. But, um, I don't know. Do you think, uh, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, but it just seems like because of this lack of like free square that we're used to having in week one, do you think there really won't be anyone who's like significantly chalky? Um, that's a good question. I I always say, oh, I don't. I mean, you know, sometimes you're gonna be split out, split up, and then you always get some. I, I think a full slate football, you know, you usually avoid that. I think that Antonio Gibson in Washington might be the one running back you mentioned. Free square, he's four thousand on DraftKings. I think he's like forty two hundred on FanDuel. He might be the one guy that uh, I think might end up on a ton of teams. Hmm. And there's no risk in that pick at all. Yeah, right. I mean, it's a guy that is a not even really a running back. He's a hybrid guy. He's gonna play. I mean, super talented, super fast, but. Uh, on a team, you know, as a rookie, first team and a second year quarterback, a team we don't really know a ton about yet. Um, I still think he's going to be someone that uh, you're going to see on a ton of lineups. Yeah. And, 
I mean, and, he's it just it, you have to look at week one. You gotta like see what people have done in season long. He's moved from like a thirteenth round pick to a sixth round pick in the last like last like month. So I think you think someone's on the front of everybody's mind and, and a popular fun guy that I think is going to end up a lot of squads. Yeah, and and here I'm gonna try to pour some cold water on it, but like oh please do, I like that because that's good. Well, there's two things. One, which I actually don't think is all that valuable, but like he's not even at the top of the depth chart, right? And so like the football team. PR guy doesn't even believe or girl, sorry, doesn't even <laughs> I, believe it. I, I can't believe we got to WFT already. <laughs> um, but also, like, who is jumping at the running? The I'll even let's call him the starting running back. Who's jumping at the starting running back of a team with the third lowest total of the entire slate? Yeah, that's why are we playing that guy? Like an eight point underdog. You're playing that guy because he's four thousand and because he's super sexy. Is why everybody's playing him. <sighs> I mean, I, I think it, we're just so used to having somebody like that in week one that were just like, Oh, he's the guy this week. He's the cheap running back who took advantage of an injury or a release ahead of him. But it's like, but it, there are like two or three worse situations to be in. And that's it on a 12 game slate. I, I agree that we will get into him when we hit running backs, but that was the one guy that, I, that kind of popped out to me that I do think will be popular, but over unders this week are interesting. We don't have anybody that's over 49 in a game. I looked at the, uh, looked at all the over unders last night, Seattle, Atlanta's 49, Tampa, New Orleans, which should be a really fun game is 48. Cleveland, Baltimore's 48, more of a, you know, Baltimore's going to score a ton of points than anything else. And then on the low end, uh, I hate to bring it up, but we always have the Jets game on the low end here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jets at Buffalo, over-unders 39 and a half. Uh, LA, the Chargers and, and the Bengals is 42. Uh, Eagles and Washington is 42 also. So it, everybody's very concentrated. You know, usually we see two or three games that are above 50, two or, th- or, you know, maybe one or two that are under 40. Only one under 40, none over 50. The game last night was the highest. I think it's the highest total. It was like 55 or 56. Um so is that where it closed? Uh, I saw it at 54 and a half. I, 53 I, I, and a half, excuse me. No, four, 54 and a half. Yeah, go 54 and a half because then you got the under, right? And right. you like the under. So that, uh, that cashed easily for you. Oh, That's half, right. Like, I told you. Hey, hey, as long as they cash is all that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're very concentrated. It, I think it'll be a, in a very important week to um, figure out which of these games, you know, the, the 45 to 49 ones you think is really going to be a, kind of a shootout more than the other games. I think this will be one of those weeks if you can find that that 35-30 game that the people aren't maybe expecting is going to be uh, it's going to be really key. For sure. And but like that doesn't mean that there's only one. Like uh, true. Yeah. So. That, I am sure there'll be a couple of games that yeah, it's always week one. You turn a game, you're like, oh my god, this game's 21-17 in the second quarter. Like where what right. did I miss here? So there's always I was always a couple of those. But um, any other thoughts on the the slate overall before I uh, jump into the uh, the bounty of running back? Or let's yeah, you want to go running backs first? Sure, sure, yeah. No, I think it's just when we start focusing on like teams and players, and Gibson is such a great example of this. But like, it's always important to like step back and be like fundamentally is this the right play and when you're looking at a running back for the third lowest implied total in the slate and you're like i'm locking this guy in is that a good decision and if you can answer that question be like yes and you can explain why like that's fine but like answer the easy questions first and if the answers are no on the easy questions then i'm not sure why you're asking the harder questions Right. I think that's uh, I think that's a good way to put it. And you're good at doing that. You're good at throwing cold water stuff. I think that's really valuable. I think, <laughs> I, not in not in life in general, but in DFS. I think that's really important. I think people get I think as you like 
as as you stick Gibson lineup, you see what four thousand can do for you. I think it's really easy to get sucked into. Oh my god, this is the greatest play ever, and talk yourself into. I think it's some cold water on some of those you know riskier popular plays is actually a really good thing. Yeah, I mean the the what I always say, and again, like I focus mostly on cash games, but like the goal is always to reduce the player pool, and then use those puzzle pieces. Like it's easier to put together a ten piece puzzle than a thousand piece puzzle, and so. If if Gibson's part of that puzzle, like that's fine, but go through the guys that you think are going to be part of that piece or one of those pieces, and then you should really have a reason of why they're there. And if the reason is he's four thousand, like there are plenty of guys who are four thousand, so like you need a little more than that. So let's jump into running backs. First, a note from our sponsor, Underdog. Say hello to your new favorite place to play fantasy football for real money, Underdog Fantasy. With Underdog, all you need to do is the fun part, draft. Forget about injuries, trades, waivers, and setting lineups. Just set it, forget it, and wait for the winnings to come in. This year, they have a $1 million tournament. That's right. Just draft the best team, and you have a shot at $1 million in prizes. Sign up for Underdog today and enter the best ball mania for a chance at $1 million in prizes by going to underdogfantasy.com or searching for Underdog Fantasy in your app store. Be sure to enter the code ROTOWIRE after you make your first deposit. So, Andy, we'll hit, we'll hit the top first. I mentioned that McCaffrey is uh, on DraftKings is t- over 2,000 more than the next running back. Um, you know, some of this is a function of who played on who who's not on the main slate. Um, we mentioned uh, Kansas City, Houston. We also uh, missing uh, Dallas and the Rams, the Steelers and the Giants and the Titans and the Broncos. Uh, but McCaffrey, 10,000, you know, obviously was insanely good last year, was like 30% higher than the, the next closest running back in, in PPR scoring coming off a dominant season. They play the Raiders, a game that I think is one of those sneaky games that could be um, really high scoring, mostly because both defenses are, are, are expected to be pretty, pretty bad. The Raiders are about average versus running backs last year. I'm not sure that really matters with McCaffrey. Are you, are you going back to the McCaffrey? Well, this week you played him, I think like 15 of 17 weeks or something last year in your cash lineup. Uh, is this like the, the first, uh, first go-to for you this week? Uh, Certainly when I started looking, it was like, I'll plug him in and like, see what happens. And then I think if you're somebody who really wants to play McCaffrey, you're just going to eventually play Gibson also, just because the two of them together equal to solid or salary wise to running backs. But, um, I don't know. It just seems like it might be a week that you can get away with not playing him. Um, McCaffrey has a new coach. So I, that was my next question is, do you worry about the, you know, 97% snap count, 90, whatever percent usage it's, uh, it was insane last year, how much he was on the field. Yeah. And I mean, I think you can assume he's going to play just as much, which is like fine to assume that, but, um, we just don't know. Like that's, it's one of these things we don't know. And we have zero preseason games to look at, although he probably wouldn't have played that much anyway. Right. But, um, I think that there are other viable guys that are cheaper since everybody's cheaper. And I think that salary will come in helpful elsewhere. So, um, it's like you said, it's Friday at 10 30 AM on the East coast. And as of now, I, I think you can skip McCaffrey in cash, um, unless some big things open up, particularly just because there are other guys that you can play that, you know, they're not going to have 97% of the, of their team's touches, but, or snaps, but, you know, they're still up there. And I mean, the Panthers, as weird as it sounds, like the Panthers are actually home underdogs. Um, I don't, it seemed odd to me. The, the total of this game has actually gone up a little bit. It was, it started, I think it opened at 46 and it's at 47 and a half. Yeah. But the, I mean, the Raiders are minus one, um, 
throughout, like that hasn't changed. So not that that really affects McCaffrey a ton, but um, I don't know. I think to see the two running backs in this game, like McCaffrey and Josh Jacobs and Jacobs at 6,800. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that makes a little more sense from a point per dollar standpoint. Yeah. So let's jump into the next group. I think they're a little more fun and interesting to talk about than obviously McCaffrey's awesome. It's just a matter of, of money there, but like in the range of, they say 6,800 on DraftKings to 8,000, which is kind of encompasses the second tier of running backs. Um, you mentioned Josh Jacobs. He's my favorite one out of this range. I do like a lot of this guys in this range, but uh, who, who jumps out to you is if, you know, if you don't play McCaffrey, you jump down to maybe two guys in this range. Um, who are you looking at? Uh, you mentioned Jacobs. He's uh, he's someone I really like this week. Uh, who else, uh, who else is uh, jumping out to you? Well, it's funny. Cause I, initially like when I had McCaffrey and I was like, Oh wait, I really like Jacobs. So I had McCaffrey and Jacobs and it's like, huh, am I really going to play two running backs from the same game in cash? And then I was like, well, who else do I like? And I'm like, Oh, I like, um, Austin Eckler, uh, playing against the Bengals at 7,000. I'm like, all right, that's good. And then I'm like, Oh, I like Joe Mixon at 6,700. I'm like, Oh, that's the same game too. And, uh, so, but I think those four guys like make a ton of sense just from a usage standpoint, especially with Eckler, since he catches so many passes. Yeah, I had I have like five or six guys bold in this range, and those are you nailed four of them right there. Is Kamara the other one? Uh, Kamara and Cook were the other ones that I had. That, yeah, because uh, Kamara really never lets us down. Oh god, yeah, he doesn't. Season long games, DFS. Kamara's the guy that I I just time me timing him is terrible by me. Uh, but I want to talk about Eckler real quick. Um, so Melvin Gordon's obviously gone. Eckler had a really good year last year. Eckler has been like a late first round pick in season long leagues. Um, the thing with Eckler is you're not going to get you're probably not going to get goal line carries. You're not going to get a ton. He's not going to be like a bell cow kind of guy. I mean, he had less than 10 rushes in 11 of the last 12 games. So it's not but he's so dynamic, he's so explosive. He gets a ton of balls out of the backfield. He had 108 targets last year. Mm-hmm. Granted that was with Philip Rivers, but I think that Tyrod Taylor, you know, he kind of profiles as a similar type quarterback. You're not going to you know, he's probably going to dump down. He's probably going to check down to, to Eckler a bunch. I think that it's a good fit. You got the same coach, so that works well in terms of scheme. Um, I just always worry in DFS about playing a guy that's going to get eight carries, but I think Eckler's probably the one guy um, that you can count on for so many targets that it probably does work that way. I mean, is there that big of a difference between him and Kamara? No, they're they're very similar mold. You know, Kamara probably a, a few more runs, but yeah, I mean, they always they use him in a different way too. Um, the the Kamara game's interesting because the the Tampa Bay was terrible against the pass last year, really really good against the run. Mm-hmm. I know that. I know that teams change, but, you know, you still have the same, you know, whether it be coaches or most of the players are similar. Um, You know, Kamara can catch the ball in the backfield, though, too. He's really valuable that way. Um, I don't think Kamara was ever healthy in the second half last year. That uh, that ankle injury, um, you know, kind of lingered and and never really went away. Um, I think he's a I don't think Kamara is a cash guy this week, but I think he's a very interesting GPP guy in a game that uh, I think is going to be pretty high scoring in in New Orleans and Tampa. Yeah. The weird thing that I always feel about when I play Kamara um, is. That he sucks every time we play him? Uh, is more that like I'm playing him for the receptions and any carry is like a bonus. Right. Which seems very odd for a running back. Um, yeah. But like, I, mean, we, I think Eckler, Eckler's in the same boat, right? Yeah. But it, like particularly in DraftKings um, with a full point uh, per reception, like the um, we want guys, we want running backs who catch passes because we're always like, well, it's just like more on top, but like it's flipped with Kamara and I guess Eckler. Although I think that was more because of Gordon last year. Like, I'm not sure Justin Jackson's taking, like, I think Eckler should, we should expect him to ru- to get more carries this year just because yeah, he's the guy now. But, um, but yeah, I think they profile pretty similarly and not that like I should let 
previous burnings by Alvin Kamara, um, like shade my view here, but it feels, I feel like if there are other guys who I would rather, who I could play, namely like Jacobs, Mixon, Eckler, I'll include McCaffrey, even though that's, it's a way different salary tier. Like I only want to play Kamara when I kind of feel like I have to, and I don't really feel like that this week. Yeah, Jacobs is 6,800 on DraftKings, 8,200 on FanDuel. I mean, Carolina was horrible against yeah. the run last year. They allowed 5.3 carries to running backs, worse than the NFL. They allowed 31.9 DraftKings a week to the running back position, also worse than the NFL. The thing that's interesting with Jacobs is last year he was obviously a rookie, and we came into week one like, you know, is he really the guy? We saw some in preseason, but I mean, this is a guy that had 23 carries in week one last year, so I think that matters a little bit. I think that uh, they're very clearly uh, – he's very clearly the guy. They very clearly trust him in a game where um, you know they have a chance to get up. It's a really low spread, but you can see this uh, working out where they're up seven in the fourth quarter and really bleed Jacobs. Um, I, it's funny. I looked at a couple sites that do percentages, and I thought Jacobs was going to be the highest percent owned. Well, the site I looked at had him fifth. I think that's I think wow. that's not going to happen. I think he's going to be – I think he's going to be second or third, if not first. But um, – I really like Jacob. He's probably my favorite guy in this group just because I think that the team dynamic, the way it works, I think it works really well. And it is in a spot where we have a lot of unknowns. He feels like me to be one of those guys that I, I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure what's going to happen. He's going to be very, very involved. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that one. Uh, one of the other guys I'm going to ask you about, Dalvin Cook is uh, home against Green Bay. I don't know what home really means anymore these days with that fans. But, um, you know, Cook's a guy that, always a little bit banged up, but he's a beast when he's healthy. He was, he started the year strong last year, um, hundred yards rushing in four of his first five games. The last time we saw the green Bay defense, they gave about, they gave about 14,000 yards to the 49ers <laughs> in that championship game. I think Raheem Mostert still is still running, running yeah. through big, big holes. I mean, it was, and it's not, I mean, the Niners, Niners all line was really good last year. Mostert's good, but I mean, there's a lot of running backs that would have been really good in that game. I mean, he was it, it, green Bay just, could not stop the run in that game. Granted, it's one game, but you know it's kind of the last thing we have in our mind for the Green Bay run D. Uh, Cook had 13 rushing TDs last year. Minnesota loves to run the ball. They especially love the ball in the, in the red zone. I think they had the lowest uh, percent passing uh, plays in the red zone last year. Um, I think Cook, uh, in the talk I've seen about this slate, I don't think people really love him. He's a he's a thousand more than Jacobs. He's like 900 more than Eckler, 700 more than Kamara. So I think maybe he's priced up a little. Bit. People are like I'm just going to drop down the other guys. Um, I think Cook is a really interesting guy this week that might see a little bit lower percentage ownership than we think. I love that call. Like I feel like everyone we talked about people are looking at and cook like you said like he's not close enough to McCaffrey where you're like oh I'll just get McCaffrey but it is like exactly how much is he that much better than Kamara Jacobs Mixon Eckler that I shouldn't just save the money and I mean the range of outcomes I theoretically are all within each other and I mean 7900 to Mixon at 6700 on DraftKings is not nothing but uh, yeah, I think Cook, like you said, it's like a, a pretty good spot. Like if those guys weren't on the slate, we'd probably be jumping all over them. And so, yep. um, yeah, I like that call. Yeah, and we hear all offseason about Cook might hold out all the kind of stuff. And that that matters for season-long drafts, and that's what people a lot of focusing on in the offseason. But in DFS, like who cares? You're planning for this week. Like I don't I don't care what he's going to do in, in six weeks or the future or if he's going to take it easy down the stretch. I mean, I just care about this week. And um, by all accounts, he's full go this week. Yeah, yeah, good call. You mentioned Mixon, um, crazy involved in the second half of the season last year. He was, I think, he trailed only Christian McCaffrey for combined yards in the last eight weeks. He had almost almost a thousand yards in the last eight weeks. Um, they're a small underdog, but it's kind of hard to see the Chargers really 
killing this game. Like I know that, um, you know, Eckler's great and Keenan Allen's great, but you know, still Tyrod Taylor, still a game that I think we expect to be fairly close. I think that, you know, Joe Burrow, uh, you know, changes the dynamic of the Cincy offense pretty good, but, um, the, the Chargers slightly below average against running backs in DraftKings last year. They were kind of in, in the middle of the pack, but a little bit below average. Um, I think Mixon's going to be pretty popular at 6,700 also. Yeah, I agree. It seems like there's been a lot of talk about it too. So I feel like when enough people are talking about a guy that just ends up, you know, helping the ownership. Yeah, uh, we dropped down a little bit. We have Miles Sanders, who is a you know kind of a late first round pick in season long. I'm just kind of in this tier, but I just worry about. I just we have no clue. He's one of those guys that we have no idea about. We don't know how healthy he is. We don't know how the injury is going to be. We don't know how the workload is going to be. The workload was always kind of strange last year too. There were games where he you know was really involved. There's games where he wasn't as involved. Um, Miles Sanders is cheap this week at 6,300 on DraftKings, 6,800 on FanDuel. He's someone that scares me enough that I could, I could see him getting eight touches and I wouldn't be shocked that I'm just, I'm just not going there this week. Yeah. I really was interested in, in getting him, uh, cause that price is really good for the matchup and how they use him. Uh, and then when it was like, well, he's actually a little banged up and it was like, oh, well actually I would much prefer Sanders to be completely ruled out so we could play your East coast, uh, doppelganger, Boston Scott. But, um, <laughs> I, we're, the, we're the same height too. So it works <laughs> Um, because if you could get that at 4,800 on DraftKings, like I'd be oh, all yeah. over that, but yeah, it seems like the, the possibility that Sanders could start and then be limited because of this injury, uh, just, exactly. it becomes a stay away from me, at least in cash games. I mean, we're, we're talking Friday morning. Uh, you mentioned, you know, morning East coast time is 1040. Uh, Sanders is limited in practice yesterday with a hamstring and hamstring is a thing with a running back thing. And it's not like a, a wrist or something where you can just kind of play through it. I mean, if his hamstring feels sore, or he tweaks something, you know, trying to stop and start really quickly. Like he's a he's a shifty guy. Um, he's done for the day. Like you could see, it, it's one of those games where you could see three carries and kind of, oh, Sanders is in the blue injury tent, and you would not be very surprised. Yeah, but he, but even if it's like eight for thirty-two, like that doesn't yeah, make you feel exactly. any better either. So, but you are right. If he if he happens to miss the game, and I still think that's very possible. I think that they may just give him a week. Uh, Boston Scott rockets to the top of the lineups and, and kind of changes how you set stuff up because I mean, he, he's pretty automatic if, if Sanders doesn't play. Yeah, and you'd much rather play Scott than. Gibson, right? Like I don't, I don't think that's close. Is that in right. the same game? It's an eight point favorite. I mean, like all day, I'm taking Boston Scott. I mean, and and Corey Clement in that uh, in that backfield is kind of the third guy. He has a quadricep deal thing he's dealing with too. So I mean, if if Sanders doesn't play, it's uh, it's gonna be a lot of Boston Scott. And, you know, it's not gonna be a 25 carry Boston Scott game, but enough carries and involvement out of the backfield that it, at, at the price he becomes pretty easy to slot in for me. I mean, it's a very high on the range of outcomes in terms of the the bell curve. Yeah, like he could sure. get 25 carries. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Um, so uh, your your boy Chris Carson is at Atlanta this week. Uh, your favorite player in the NFL. Mm. Um, 6,200 on DraftKings. He's priced pretty far down. Is another guy that um, you know Seattle loves to run the ball. They love to use Chris Carson when he's healthy. He gets a lot of volume. He's clearly the guy in this backfield. I don't think that you know Carlos Hyde or all these other guys in the backfield really scare very much. Um, I think Carson's very involved. Um, I guess it depends on the game flow if they get uh, behind Atlanta. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're slight. Are they slight favorites in that yeah, game? I think they're slight favorites in that game. Uh, you know, great team uh, scheme with uh, with rushing yards. They run the ball a ton. Uh, are you on Chris Carson this week? Uh, no. I mean, are you on I, Chris Carson more than you usually are? <laughs> I, I, yeah. I think he is fine. Um, I probably wouldn't play him in cash, but like for GPP, I think he makes sense just because he's a running back for a favorite team. Like it's as simple as that. But I just don't see how you 
look at him and be like, I'd rather play him than Mixon or Jacobs or Eckler. Like, I think he, even though he's a little cheaper, I still put him in that range. I mean, I'd play him over Miles Sanders, knowing Sanders is banged up. And I'd play him over Gurley, who's in that same game, uh, who I think we'll be talking about throughout the season, just not, I just don't see it this week. But yeah, yeah I think Carson's fine. That's how I would put it. Do you put uh, you put Kenyon Drake in that uh, in that group at all? Um, I generally don't play guys against the Niners. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. He's, he was really good against them twice. Yeah, he was. It was it was very strange. Like I remember the Halloween game. You're like, oh, Kenyon Drake's aboard. Like what? he's going to get killed by the Niners. And every time I looked up, he was running for 14 yards. But um, well, yeah. any any good Kenyon Drake uh, moment then brings up the Adam Gase conversations, and then I just get angry. So like. I just don't have like good feelings about Kenyon Drake. That has nothing to do with. Um, I mean, Drake he himself. he had 19 touches a game in the second half. He was really very involved. I just think that um, in that range, I do like Drake, but I just think against the 49ers, other guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to instead, and and kind of think that the Niners D is probably gonna figure him, figure out uh, how to stop him this time. Would you rather play Mostert? So Mostert's 5800. Yeah. I love Raheem Mostert. I think Raheem Mostert is going to have some huge games. I just don't know how the workload is going to get split up, and that's coming from someone who reads everything about the 49ers, and I just think with, with Jarek McKinnon back and Tevin Coleman still there, um, Mostert is going to have games where he's huge. I mean, Trent Williams replaced Joe Staley, and I love Joe Staley. That's probably an upgrade. I mean, mm-hmm. it's crazy that they upgraded from you know one of their best players in their franchise history, but I think they did. Trent Williams looks really good in, in practice, and the, the O-line set. Um, the, the couple of receivers hurt, so maybe that hurts a little bit than – stack in the box but i think with with kittle and jordan reed added and some of the other weapons i think they'll be able to keep the box uh kind of normal um i think you can boom behind that offensive line but he's got to hit one i just don't think he's gonna get a ton of work I mean, he taught 14 carries once last year so yeah. he's really fun he's gonna have some huge games but it, with mckinnon and, and coleman healthy to start it's hard for me to get mostert in there in dfs where i can you know play anybody i want i get it so let's chip down some cheaper guys. Um, we talked about Antonio Gibson. He's 4,000. Um, you know, I have in my notes here, we have no clue how they're going to use him. We've kind of already hit that. Um, you know, he could be, he's going to get some some catches, some some runs. Game flow's not a good script there. Um, you know, if he touches it 12 to 14 times, he's probably a really good play at the price. I just don't think we have any clue that's going to happen. You mentioned uh, Boston Scott if, if Sanders does not play. Uh, is there anybody else down in the in the cheap range that uh, that you're looking at to to attack this week? There's really nobody that I was like overly excited about um, to the point where it was like, because usually if there's one, it's like, oh, you'll play him. Or if you have two, it's a possibility. But it seems like all of the ones that we thought might be possibilities aren't like uh, Tariq Cohen was kind of talked a little bit about when David Montgomery was banged up. But it sounds like Montgomery is fine. Um, the Colts guys who are Montgomery's still. Montgomery's fine health wise. Correct. Say. Correct. Health wise. Thank you. Um, this is still probably a little more expensive than you were looking for, but like even the Colts backfield is one I don't really want to try to dive yeah, into. I was, was going to ask you about that because it's a really good game script. They're favored by you know yeah. seven or eight against Jacksonville, but you know that weird. There was a story yesterday that Marlon Mack is the guy and Jonathan Taylor's there to spell him, which I think is a load of crap. There's no way you spend a second round pick just to spell your yeah. you know your good running back, but it's not like it's Saquon Barkley. And we're talking about Marlon Mack, who's solid, but. Um, not someone that's going to keep a, a stud rookie from playing, but it, it keeps me scared enough that I don't want to play Taylor when I hear that. I don't think I want to play Mac all of a sudden, but one of those guys is going to have a good game. I mean, just in the way it's going to work out, I just have no idea which it is. And I, anybody that tells you they know is, you know, unless they are the coach of the Colts, I just don't think it works. It's funny you think that one of them does well. Like, was it? I feel like they should just be even. Like, if it yeah, if, if the game ends, 
will score the touchdown or like you know be the guy at the goal line or happen to be the guy that breaks one. I just I have no idea which one's going to be because I think they're both going to play a bunch. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah. And they're that, not they're not four thousand. They're exactly seven hundred fifty three hundred. They're expensive enough where you know I I play Mostert over Jonathan Taylor. Put it that way, and I don't love Mostert, but I play him over Taylor for sure. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Um, and the Jets situation is just as sloppy because um, why would you ever give Le'Veon Bell 100% of the carries when you can give 40% to Frank Gore? Um, hey, do, do not disparage Frank Gore on this podcast. Oh, please. It's a legend. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the one guy that I do uh, kind of think about, and I will probably play him in a GPP lineup, is Mark Ingram. Um, okay. I know that you were very high on Dobbins. Um, I am, but I'm high on Dobbins like towards the towards the second half of the right. season. I, yes. I think he's I think he's awesome and I love the setup for him, but yeah, Mark Ingram's the guy to start. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of a a sneaky if it's even that sneaky. I don't know how many people are playing him since we've talked about so many running backs already, but I like the idea of Ingram just because um Baltimore's a big favorite. They run the ball a ton and he's very effective. So it seems No no one's gonna have him. I hope not. I, mean, I think that the Dob- enough people are like me that really like Dobbins as a, as a player that I, I can't imagine Ingram's very high, highly owned. Mm-hmm. And it's a game that is probably the the best game script that we have in terms of a team that loves to run the ball and a big favorite. I mean, that's uh, it's a really good setup. And I, I'm looking at uh, ownership percentages here, and I can't even find Mark Ingram. He, the, the side I'm looking at projected him at 2%. Yeah, like are you – right, 2% for a $5,500 running back for a team with the highest implied total and their... It was they... the, the best team in football last year. Right. And their... What Reg- is the Reg- spread in that game? Yeah. Seven and yeah. a half? Yeah, it's seven and a half or eight and right. against a, you know, a defense that uh, we're not scared of. And it's a really good setup. It, it, it's a really good... I'm glad you brought him up. He's a really, really good GPP uh, shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two other names I just want to mention, um, we, which I haven't talked about New England backfield. Um, James White, 6,000. I thought it was really overpriced. But Sony Michelle, I know we hate Sony Michelle and he always lets us down, but 4,600 on DraftKings with Damian Harris out for three weeks. He's going to get a lot of touches. He's going to get goal line carries. Um, I don't think he's the worst GPP play. And, you know, you hope for like 75 yards and two touchdowns. He's 4,600. The other guy is Chris Thompson um, in Jacksonville against Indy. Their backfield is an absolute mess. But I think that uh, the game script works really well. I think that he's going to be the guy that gets catches. And they're going to be, I think they're going to be behind Indy because Jacksonville's really terrible. Uh, he's 4,000 on DraftKings. Put it this way. I'd rather play him than Antonio Gibson at the price. Ooh. Love it. I think he outscores him this week. I love it. I love yeah, it. So. If I'm going a cheap guy in a GPP, I'm going to shift over to Thompson from Gibson is kind of my, my plan in, 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 in spots where I need, a, I need that 4,000 slot. Yeah. I mean, the, the, what is the argument um, that Gibson is a great play other than the fact that he's 4,000? That he's super dynamic, super fast, and has a really good chance to break one, and he's so talented they can't keep him off the field. And he's going to catch passes. Like that's yeah, how he's going to line up as a receiver. He's going to line up as a slot receiver, probably right. a bunch. Because he's not going to run the ball because they're going to be losing theoretically. And yes, I, I think that I, I, if I had to guess a number, like an over under, I think like five and a half carries would be my over under on him. And what? Is that, twelve is that a, catches? Is that, cra- is that a crazy number? Is it twelve catches though? No, I don't think it's twelve. It's six or seven. Six? Is what you hope for? Well, six and seven is pretty good though. It is very good. I mean, that's what you're hoping for. I, an over-under on catches is four and a half. Four and a half, right. Yeah. Yeah, I just, um, 
Like I so get that it. right there is like an over under of like eleven touches. It you know at four thousand it could work if he breaks one and he's incredibly dynamic. But I just uh, I mean I think you'd be crazy to even think about him in a cash game. Um, and in a GPP, I guess you could play him, but I'd, I'd rather have Chris Thompson. And I think he's going to be, uh, I think Gibson's going to be very popular. And if there's someone that's very popular that I don't like, I'm fine playing someone popular if I really like him. But if it's something popular that I don't really love the setup, um, I'm fine. That's like a, a spot for me. I'm fading that pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, you, you obviously have to consider that when people have the extra salary for Gibson, like you're, you're ultimately, um, putting your lineup you know, like you're moving your lineup in a specific direction. Like you're now able yeah. to, to get players that you wouldn't have gotten if you don't play them because you have this extra salary. So if you're looking at Gibson and uh, Gibson over, let's say uh, I'll take the cheapest one of that group that we talked about before. Who is that? So it's mixing at 6,700. So 2,700. So like when you're looking at quarterbacks or your wide receivers um, and you're in the 4,000 range for a wide receiver and you're like, boy, if I just play Gibson instead of Mixon, then instead of this $4,000 receiver, I can spend, I mean, 6,700 yep. is near the top um, or at least the top 10. So, I mean, that's the consideration, but you have to make sure that that, that difference in your receivers accounts for the fact that Mixon is probably is expected to greatly outperform Gibson. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree. It's an interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna be curious when I click on the you know the big DK tournaments uh, what uh, what Gibson's percentage is gonna be because everybody thinks he's gonna be pretty high and I wonder if my, you know push guys just have people actually throw him in the lineups or not. Yeah, I, I think they will because I think he's very sexy in the front of people's mind right now. Okay. Uh, let's jump into the past game, but first a note from our sponsor, Owner's Box. Do you love the strategy of season-long fantasy sports? Live for the quick hit of DFS? Then be the first to try weekly fantasy sports, WFS, from Owner's Box. Owner's Box is kicking off the 2020 NFL season in a big way by giving everyone 25 Owner's Box to try the game for free. In addition, Owner's Box will match users to first deposit up to $50. Weekly fantasy sports keeps players engaged through live drafting, social interaction, and a new layer of strategy that puts the power back in your hands. Compete with your opponent over seven days of fierce competition and get paid out weekly. New public and private contests start every day. The Owner's Box game provides users with a fun and engaging rule set that revolves around a set of game opportunities by roster position. Your players earn your points throughout the week, but only if you have enough games available to position. Owner's Box allows users to engage socially in multiple different ways with the community. Add friends, create groups, and rank up to elevate the trash talk and competition to the next level. Sign up today to try weekly fantasy sports for free, but that's not it. Each weekly fantasy sports contest you participate in will give you one free entry into a, to get a signed Drew Brees jersey giveaway. In honor of the NFL season, Owner's Box will also be matching your first-time deposit up to $50. Head on over to www.ownersbox.com slash rotowire to claim your rewards and join the new wave of fantasy sports. So, Andrew, let's jump into some passing game. We'll start with the quarterbacks. Um, we talked about how there's a there's a kind of a guy at each position. Lamar Jackson is that guy at quarterback. I almost said Lamar Miller. That would have been a terrible thing to say. <laughs> that guy um, just doesn't leave your mind. It does not leave my mind. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> so, I, there's not a lot to say about Lamar Jackson. The guy was unbelievable last year. He he averages 80 rushing yards a game as a, as a starting quarterback from the quarterback position. It's just bonkers. I mean, the, the floor that he creates just from running the ball for, you know, eight to nine points every week is, is just, you can't understate that. Um, there's obviously a lot of options this week. There's a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of guys that are a lot cheaper than Lamar. Um, are you thinking about playing Lamar? Are you think you go cheaper? Do you have any feeling at the quarterback to start right now? Uh, I say, like, I play, I think about Lamar the same way I do McCaffrey. Like, yes, I yeah. would love to have him every week. It's just a matter of salary. So uh, if you, I think 
Jackson is probably going to be in a lot of Gibson lineups because there's going to be salary there. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackson, McCaffrey, Gibson, maybe. That's certainly not the road I would take, but I get it. Um, I actually went from Jackson uh, and then I was like, well, who else would I like to play? And all of a sudden I found myself like skipping most of the guys. Like I, I think I skipped the top 10. Um, really? Wow. Not that I don't think that they're not that they're bad plays, but I just, um, like, I think there's value at quarterback more so than the other positions. I like this because I didn't love a lot of the cheaper quarterbacks. So it's fun. We have some, some different thoughts on these, but let's, let's jump into that next tier real quick. I mean, and there's not a lot to talk about Lamar Jackson. He's awesome. If you can fit him in, it's, I think he's, we agree. He's a great play and he will do very well. They are favored in this game. So maybe they don't throw the ball the second half, but you know, he might, it might be because he has, you know, 400 fantasy points right. in the first half. Um, I think the names that jumped out to me in the, ne- in the next tier that I'm most interested in are the, are the quarterbacks in the Seattle Atlanta game, uh, both Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan. Um, and then I have one more in the afternoon games. We'll talk about in a second. But do, do you have a preference between Wilson and Ryan this week? You know, this is a pretty high over-under game um, considering the rest of this slate. Uh, do you like either of these guys a lot more than the other? No. Do you like either of them? <laughs> do you like um, them as a as a general pay at the price? What Wilson's 7000 on DraftKings. Matt Ryan's 6700 Yeah, I think they're efficiently priced. And uh, so you're going to get what you pay for? Like, I don't think. Yeah. I, I think they're fine. It's the game with the highest total. I assume both of them will do very well. Um, Wilson, you're obviously, or usually depending on some rushing yards and he does have these games where he just doesn't run. Um, and so like his, his running is not nearly as consistent as, as Jackson's. So I think Ryan actually makes a little more sense just being at home and they tend to throw more, although with Gurley there, who knows, but, uh, I think they're both fine, but I, I just don't think you're, you're not getting any deal by paying up for them. Yeah, I think I think we're there. They're they're fairly priced. They're guys that I'm considering. It's interesting. I think the Seattle offense is one that no preseason games and no real indication kind of hurts us because I think that there are there's a lot of buzz of you know how much better they are when they just kind of let Russell let Russ be Russ is the you know the the phrase that's used mm-hmm. on Twitter and online and stuff. Um, and if you look at the math, and I don't know if the Seattle coaches do. I don't know if he, Pete Carroll's that guy. I mean, he loves to run the ball. If you look at the math, it's amazing how much more efficient and dynamic their offense is when they get into those fourth quarters where he has to play and they yeah. have to like let him loose. And it's amazing how much better they are because Russell Wilson's amazing. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, you know, he's on the team that I root against and my rival, but I admit that he's he's immensely dynamic and really good and now has two stud receivers. Like if they opened it up a little bit, Wilson could be a fantasy beast. Whereas, you know, he he's always 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 really, really good and finishes high, but you know, could be a guy that, you know, can can challenge to be finished second or finished third behind Jackson and Mahomes. But I just have no idea if they're gonna do it or they're gonna go back to their ways of running the ball, you know, for the first three quarters no matter what. Yeah, you just never like but we'll have that every week of the season. Like we just don't well, but I think it's like just blown up this week when we have no feel of if they're going right. to shift their dynamic at all. Yeah. I feel like the response to Wilson, like if you have him and he does well, you're like, yeah, I mean, I, I knew it. And then when he does and you're like, Oh, this can happen sometimes. And it's like, yeah. I don't for cash games. Like I don't want that. I don't want like, Oh, that's fair. This can happen sometimes. And so, um, Ryan, at least like, you know, that they're passing as much as possible just because, well, I guess we're, we assume we don't know, but, uh, I'm just not sure like it's a game that I need to be a part of, at least in cash yeah. games, just because of some other guys that definitely have more question marks. I, I will say you're you're paying here for some perceived safety at least. So Yeah. 
I mean, Matt Ryan's been, you know, top six in pass attempts the last four years with Dirk Cutter. So, I mean, I think that – I know you mentioned Gurley, and, you know, they maybe they maybe they shift a little more to Ryan's, but I think it's pretty safe to say that Ryan's going to throw the ball a lot this yeah. season. Yeah, yep. And, you know, has has good receivers, and, you know, I know the Hooper's gone, but they slid, slid Hayden Hurst into it, who, who we'll definitely talk about later. Uh, but, you know, Julio and Calvin Ridley has got so many weapons. I don't think Todd Gurley is enough to worry about in terms of them – you know, shifting that way. But uh, I do like Ryan. I like both these guys, but I think, I think your point about them being fairly priced is, is about right. Yeah. Um, some other guys that people like in this, which I don't like Carson Wentz this week. I just think that they may get up in the game, not need to throw. He's missing Jalen Rager. He's missing Alshon Jeffrey. Um, his offensive line is really banged up to start the season, too. They have two healthy offensive linemen right now. And the Redskins – or, sorry, I did it. Damn it. I knew mm. I was going to do it. The Washington football team um, can really rush the quarterback, and they added Chase Young this year. So they're not a good defense, but they're a team that can make the quarterback feel uncomfortable. Um, I don't love Wentz. In a, in, I, I like Wentz season long. I don't like Wentz as a spot week one as a DFS play. Yeah, Wentz is close enough to some of the guys that I am also considering that Yeah, uh, I just don't see a need to to go in there. The other guy in this range, before we get to your cheap guys you like, I really like Drew Brees this week. Um, at home against Tampa Bay, who I think is vastly overrated, as we talked about last week. Um, Tampa kid was good against them last year, could not stop the pass, gave up a ton of uh, ton of yards, ton of points, fantasy points during against the pass. I think this game is going to be pretty decently back and forth, you know, assuming that the Tampa offense can, can do some work. Um, Breeze was really good at the end of last year. Last four games last year, he had five, four, three, and three touchdowns. He had 15 touchdowns the last four weeks of the season last year. Um, I think this is a good spot. I think I like, I mean, I like them adding Emmanuel Sanders a lot. Michael Thomas is obviously great. Kamara out of the backfield. Um, in this range, I think, um, I think I'm pretty, it's pretty clear to me that Drew Brees is my favorite quarterback if I go with someone in this tier. We're just going to ignore the Vikings playoff game? We're going to ignore the Vikings playoff okay. game. Just checking. Yes. Just checking. Yeah. Um, you, know, you don't like how I, how I pick and choose a little bit? <laughs> no, I, that I game was so – I still can't believe it was lost a weird that game. game. That game yeah. was so weird. He yeah, was, was so bad. Um, yeah. I mean, I think Breeze is in the same situation as Jackson of like the every week I, where there's a reason to play him and it's just a matter of whether you want to take the salary or not. So Yeah. I just think on this slate, it's the game that you could definitely uh, – it's the most likely to to get really crazy scoring-wise. I mean, there are other games that I, I'd like to get a little crazy, but I think this is the one the most likely to do so. I And I, if I can get a quarterback in that game, um, you know, it's hard. The problem is you play him, you want to you play Michael Thomas, and Michael Thomas is insanely expensive this week. So that stack becomes tough. I actually was hoping Emmanuel Sanders is going to be a little cheaper. I really like him this week, but mm. I was hoping – he's like he's 5,700. I was hoping he's going to be like kind of low 5,000s yeah. sliding in, but he wasn't. Um, so let's get into some of your um, cheaper quarterbacks. So tell me, uh, tell me down below, uh, you know, Breeze and 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 Ryan and Wilson, who who you like this week? All right. So it sounds weird because these guys come with plenty of risk, despite me being the guy who wants to mitigate that risk. But right. um, just based on the extra thousand or two thousand based from Lamar, um, the guys I was looking at, the first one was Cam Newton, who I think. Um, has like the biggest range of outcomes on the, on the entire slate. Like it's a, a good way to put it. Um, but fundamentally, when you look at uh, all of the games on the slate, and New England, um, I think has a decently high implied total. Um, I mean, they're favored. The Dolphins are expected to be horrific, um, and Cam Newton wasn't running as much the last time he played when, which was obviously two years ago, um, basically. So like, I think a healthy cam, well, healthy cam is probably not new England, but, 
<laughs> I, I just think that that possibility at 6,100, like I'll certainly have GPP lineups with New England, like a full New England stack, and it has to have a cam because he could be the highest scoring player on the slate. Like I think sure. that's that's in his... Yeah, I mean, especially when you know that, you know, two rushing touchdowns is a very possible outcome for yeah. Cam. Um, I just hate his weapons. I get it. I hate his weapons. I, I think New it. England is, I think New England's going to suck. I just, uh, I, I know I, whenever I say that, I'm always wrong for 20 years, but um, I hate his weapons. I don't, I, I think Julian Edelman's fine, you know, but I think that he's more of a Tom Brady, like, you know, short, accurate kind of thing. And I don't know, I don't know what Cam has. I mean, I don't know. We haven't seen him play in so long that I just, I just don't know. And there's no way for me to know, but sure. If you get Cam from a few years ago and you know, he could be really, really good and really dynamic. I just, I don't know if we're going to get that. I don't know if he's the same guy, but not saying he's not. I just don't know that he is. Why do you think people will not play Cam because of his bad weapons, but they'll play Carson Wentz? Uh, I wouldn't play Carson Wentz this week. So I, I know, know you wouldn't. That was that, the problem. But, um, to be honest, I think that there's so much, uh, you know, Carson Wentz season long is a top 10 guy. Everybody likes him to bounce back that um, I think that kind of gets built into week one. I think that season long really bleeds into DFS week one where it doesn't the rest of the season. Um, and I think that I, I, I'm not playing Carson Wentz 6,300. Um, but I think he'll be higher owned than Camo. Oh, I, I, I think he definitely and I don't, will be. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a very good reason for him to be higher owned, especially in a game where he may not have to throw the ball in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so Cam is the riskiest quarterback I'd consider. Um, okay. The other guy I like is right above him on DraftKings and the salary scale is Matthew Stafford. Um, I think a healthy Stafford with the receiver. So he's the opposite. Yes. Like he has excellent weapons and Does so Galladay have to play for you to play Stafford no okay it certainly helps but like yeah. I'm actually I was building lion stacks earlier without Galladay anyway like I think okay. um we've seen some monster games from Stafford and he's like healthy I think, now I think people forget how good he was fantasy wise the first half before he got hurt yeah absolutely I mean he was excellent and um like their backfield is nothing that I need to be like, Oh, they're just going to run the ball all the time. Like you can say it terrible. <laughs> so I think like, I think Stafford is like, I would at this point, I'd be surprised if I didn't end up with Stafford in cash. Yep. Um, just depends how cavalier I get with Cam Newton. Um, but, but just to, just to stick on Stafford for once, his last three weeks last year, three sixty four and four touchdowns, three forty two and three touchdowns, four Oh six and three touchdowns. He was, like trending to be one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy last year. And then he got hurt. I mean, yeah. he had another game. He had three eighty-five and three against the Cardinals week one. I mean, it, he had, well, I think I'm looking at, it, he had two bad games out of the first eight and the rest were really good. Yep. Yep. And, um, they, they, they go vertical when a lot of teams don't do yes. that anymore. They like to throw Deandre Swift's going to be really good. I think at some point, but I don't, we're nowhere near that yet where you have to worry about him, you know, taking a bunch of snaps and, um, you know, uh, taking all the offense away. And, um, yeah, I really like Stafford this week too. The bears defense is, is good. I mean, that's the kind of the one yes. deterrent on Stafford, but, uh, you have to figure Detroit's going to throw a bunch, throw as, as lot, a lot as they always do. And, um, Stafford was really good. Yeah. That game has like one of the lower totals. I'll, I'll say that. Um, yeah. but, um, and, and a lot of that's the bears. D is good. And Trubisky is obviously terrible. Uh, he is, he is. Um, so I don't know. I, I think just the way that the lions play in a game that is supposed to be close, like Stafford should be throwing the ball. So, um, I, I like that call a lot. Yeah. And, um, 
I I wanted to make it is certain. So there there are two others that I wanted to talk about, and a third that I'll throw in just because I'm me. Um, I know I know the two others' names, but keep going. Oh, okay. Well, no, I'd like you to I guess think, them. I think the, I think the two others are playing each other. Um, they're not. Oh, they're not. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Go ahead. Um, these are three guys that I have looked at. Um, less less so. Be, well, one of them is because of who he is, but the others are basically just like situations. But for purely GPP, I'm not. These guys aren't in my cash pool. But who okay. did you think they were? Uh, I thought you were going to say Bridgewater and Derek Carr playing each other. Oh, gosh. Um, so I, I should like that game to, to get a little squirrely with points. Oh, all right. All right. Yeah. Um, the, the unknowns that I, were going, I was going with were Joe Burrow. Yep. Fun. Jimmy G. All right. And Sam Darnold. Is anybody so, playing Sam Darnold? Like, no, like literally zero, right? No, and I actually like Darnold and the Jets offense more than most. I just don't like them necessarily against the Bills. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. But um, no one no one no one's playing him this week. There's no, no doubt. No. Um does he still have mono or no? Is he no, good? No, no, no. He'll have COVID um, next week, but not mono. <laughs> That's not a good joke. Um oh, sorry. Burrow is Burrow's I mean, obviously last time we saw him play, he was just dominating mm-hmm. college. I mean like one of the best college quarterbacks we've ever seen last yeah. season. Uh, tough first start though. They are playing. They are at home, which is good. But they're playing the Chargers, who you know pre- have a pretty good pass defense. Um, he's fifty eight hundred on DraftKings. He has good weapons though. I mean, if AJ yeah. Green plays, which is who you see the note yesterday. AJ Green yesterday is first full practice since Zach Taylor's been the coach, which I thought Sheesh. was, uh, and that was he started last year, so it's not like he's a yeah, good yeah. coach. <laughs> uh, so his first full participant in practice since since he took over, which is crazy. But um, if AJ Green plays, and Week One's probably the best chance for AJ Green to play. Tyler Boyd's really good. Um, no preseason is tough for me for a rookie quarterback, if I'm being fully honest. I think I probably want to watch a game or two first, but I think in a GPP lineup, if you want to stack, I like a Burrow-Boyd stack and and, you yeah. know, and, and really spend elsewhere. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't play Burrow in his first game as a, in a cash game, but in a GPP, I think that uh, I think if you stack it right, I think it could work, and I, I kind of like maybe coming back with Eckler on the other side and kind of making a little bit of game stack there. Now we're talking. In a game where the, the total's low, nobody's going to be playing a stack in that game, and you can get really different in GPP with, with some good players if you wanted to. Yep, totally agree. That Jimmy game G, could get weird. Jimmy G had uh, two games against the Carls last year, had four touchdowns in each of them. Yeah. Um, my only concern here is I just I worry about the, the health of the wide receivers. If I'm going to play Jimmy G, I want Debo Samuel to be healthy, and I don't think he's going to play. I know he's been cleared uh, to, to kind of come back to the team, but I still think they're going to wait another week on him. Brandon Ayuk uh, practiced partially yesterday, you know, kind of their, their more explosive guy that's uh, the rookie that's, you know, expected to get some more over-the-top kind of balls. Um, yeah, I mean, Kittle's healthy. Uh, Jordan Reed's there. you got a lot of, you know, Trent Taylor, uh, Kenneth Edrick Bourne. I just worry that they run the ball a ton again. It's hard to it's hard to play Jimmy in a game where they're favored by you know a touchdown because you just you can see that game trip getting to the point where um, they just run the ball the second the entire second half. I think Arizona's gonna be pretty good this year and better than people think at least on offense um, and a little bit better on defense. I think Isaiah Simmons adds a bunch. I just I, I think I'd go. There's probably just other guys I'd go over Garoppolo this week with the with the way the game scripts could work out. Yeah, the, the Jimmy G uh, thought is is really like from blind research like you have the quarterback of the team with the second highest implied total on, on the week. Mm-hmm. So it, that's it. Like yeah, is, no, absolutely. is that guy, would that guy be like past the first test? And the answer is yes. And it's like, all right, he's 5,800. Oh, all right. Then we've moved him on to step three, you know, like yeah. 
you just have to hope that he throws three touchdowns. He's probably got a huge yardage game. I just, yeah. I think I want his weapons healthy for before I go there. Okay, that's fair. So Bridgewater and Carr in a game that uh, you've got two bad defenses. I think you interesting. I don't like either guys like an NFL quarterback as a fancy quarterback long term, but in this game, uh, Bridgewater's probably a little more interesting than me just because I think his uh, his weapons are a little more interesting. D he has a, you know he has a top uh, receiver in DJ Moore. Um, going as a bad D in a game that could be tight. You can see this game, just bad defense kind of impacts it stuff where you get to, you know, you get to 28, 27 or 28, 24. You get a lot of points in this game. Um, Carr does well against bad defenses. I know that kind of sounds kind of dumb, but he's one of those guys that really does well against bad and really badly against good defenses. Carolina gave up a, a ton of running back points last week. So maybe the, maybe they'll lean on Josh Jacobs. And I think that I like Jacobs enough that I'm not too worried about it, but you know, Carr's got a few. I mean, they added Henry Ruggs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Brian Edwards looks great in camp. Um, I can see either guys working out. I don't know if I'm really going there. But in, in a GPP, I think if you wanted to stack this game, I wouldn't argue with you very hard. Yeah, I think the only reason I didn't look at them at all is just because I was so high on Jacobs and McCaffrey. And it's tough yeah, for me to like. that's a good point. If those guys are having great games, then Bridgewater and Carr probably aren't. Yeah. Although, they, you know, Bridgewater with, with Moore and coming back with Josh Jacobs gets a little interesting to me. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Is the thought that maybe you hope that the, the the McCaffrey scores are you know dump offs and long ones he breaks Bridgewater ain't gonna throw a uh, many sixty yard bombs over the top but if he gets uh, you know he's gonna need more McCaffrey probably to break uh, break a slant or break a break a little dump off that kind of thing but I mean you're talking about two guys that you know that is not out of the question anyways sure sure uh, last thing I want to ask you quarterbacks uh, any love for your boy Tom Brady this week no neither. Uh, 6,500. There's just other guys in that range. I like more. I think Kyler Murray falls into the same stuff there. There's gonna be a lot of weeks. Where I'm gonna play Kyler Murray this year yeah. at the 49ers. It's probably not the spot that I'm gonna spend for it. I just, yeah, I just don't see the need for it. Like, I think there's like the Brady situation. Um, I'm just not sure how many times I'm going to want to play him, I guess against Carolina twice, but like, yeah, it, I don't know. At, at- at the Saints is not the spot I'm going to go because the Saints pressure. I think they were top five versus top five in the NFL in pressure last year. Uh, I don't think Brady deals with pressure. I don't. I don't think there's a spot for him at all. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I think we're going to have that most most of the season of just like he's there and he might be fine, but I think there's just going to be better plays every week. Yeah, he's got great weapons though. He certainly picked a good spot to go, but uh, I'm not doing it this week. Mm-hmm. So let's mm-hmm. jump into some of those uh, some of these weapons, some of these pass catchers, receivers, and tight ends. But uh, first, a note from our sponsor, Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is a fantasy sports stock market in which you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. Ever heard someone say, I've had stock in that player since day one? Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. You had stock in Patrick Mahomes' rookie year. You knew this would happen. Now it's a reality. Create a portfolio of all your favorite athletes. Get closer to the game than ever before. To get started, simply visit predictionstrike.com to create an account. Then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players just like you would real stocks. Each game is like an earnings report. If the player beats his productions, his stock moves up. It's that easy. You can trade your shares of players at any time as long as the player isn't currently in a game. Get started today by visiting predictionstrike.com and sign up with the code ROTOWIRE to get an additional $10 off with your first deposit of $20 or more. So, Andrew, at receiver, we've got another spot where, like I mentioned earlier, it's a, there's one guy way above everybody else. Uh, Michael Thomas is 9000 Um, so expensive, but obviously last year speaks for itself. 149 catches and set the record. 1,700 yards. Tampa Bay allowed a million points to receivers every week. They were four points per game worse than the next worst team in in allowed DraftKings points to wide receivers. It's it's crazy, crazy spread there. Great game flow. He had seven-plus targets every game last year. I can go on and on about Michael Thomas. He's just really expensive this week. Yeah. Um, 
just like McCaffrey and Jackson. Yep. Like, yep. He's a great play. It's crazy him. how different every position has the guy that's way above us. It's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, the odd thing that I felt about Thomas is like, are there any wide receivers you love this week? There are guys that I think are pretty interesting, but there's like nobody that usually on wide receivers. I have a couple guys like I'm playing this guy no matter what. And I don't have that this week. Yeah. And, and I always have that. I just, I just, a is there, if we go down a little ways, there are a couple guys I love. Um, I love DK Metcalf this week. He's probably my favorite love, but in like the drop right below Thomas in that range, uh, Devonte Adams is probably my favorite, but nobody that like I'm really excited about. Right. Uh, that's kind of how I feel. Like I think there's more, I think, and I think most people are going to go that way. Like there are enough guys in the sub 6,000 range that, um, just opens things up where like, every other situation is just kind of like Julio is obviously always a consideration, but you know, he's very expensive and um, you're just kind of handcuffing yourself a little bit. If you uh, pay up here, because as we were just talking about, like Lamar is there and you're probably not going to get Lamar. If you're also playing Julio and Devonte Adams, or um, you know, you're not going to be able to get certainly McCaffrey becomes almost impossible, but even some yeah. of the higher running backs, these are the guys that you can consider if you're playing Gibson uh, as a running back. But like, so th- this is where you're really having to go in and say like, would I rather play Gibson and Julio Jones or uh, Joe Mixon? And I guess Ridley is actually not, uh, not far enough away, but like those are the considerations that you sh- you're yeah. starting to make. There are a ton of guys in the, in the mid range of receiver that I, I think are really interesting. That kind of makes me, makes it hard for me to pay super up at wide receiver. Yeah. Like I think there might be like, maybe seven or eight sub 6,000 wide receivers I was more comfortable with. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's a, it's definitely a week where, and wide receivers really deep this year too. It is. I know you don't play, uh, you don't play season long, but you get to like that third to sixth round of season long. And it's just receiver, receiver, receiver. And they're all guys that are really interesting, really fun. It's a, it's a good time for NFL receivers. There's a ton of guys. I mean, an interesting spot every week in DFS. I think that picking the right guy in DFS at receiver will be so important every week. Cause it's going to be a ton of guys that are very, very sexy, very popular. Uh, picking the right one every week is going to be really important. Yeah. Uh, Devonte Adams. Uh, somehow the Packers did not draft another wide receiver. We could uh, we could break down the Packers draft for an hour or two, but it, the fact they took a quarterback and a running back in the first three rounds is just insane to me. <laughs> but um, was in a, a draft where there were so many good receivers. But uh, the Vikings are starting two rookie cornerbacks. It sounds like, um, which is amazing for Adams. He closed the year with uh, 13 targets or more in his last three games, double digit targets in seven of the last eight games. Um, if we're in this range, Devontae Adams is someone that I, that I do like the most of everybody kind of above 7,000. Totally agree. I think, yeah. um, I mean, Godwin, obviously, if, if Evans doesn't play, we know it's a Godwin week. But <laughs> yeah. um, Tom Brady is, I, I've been waiting to say this a lot. Tom Brady is not Jameis Winston. And so. Oh, my goodness. Um, do you just, ever think that was going to come out of your mouth? <laughs> um, so I just, I don't know if you can set the right expectations for Godwin, even without Evans. And so. Uh, say what you want about Jameis, but like he's going to try and force that ball into yeah. that tight window and throw deep when it's not there, which is probably, you know, obviously bad from an NFL game perspective. But as a fantasy wide receiver, like give me as much of that as I can get. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Agree. Like I want bad, bad ideas thrown to my guy because good things can still happen from that play. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Um, it seems like a lot of people think that Adam Thielen is like an easy play because he's like the only guy there. But yeah. 
I mean, I don't... He's, uh, he's been moving up draft boards the last uh, like three weeks. Uh, he had 32% target share in the six games that Stefan Diggs missed over the last few years. Um, and obviously in, last year he was never really healthy in the second half. That hamstring injury kind of affected him. I think it's just a, a play with no digs there. I don't mind it, but I don't like. I don't think it's like super obvious or easy in any way. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I, I don't see a reason to play him. I same price. I actually prefer DJ Moore, so I probably won't yeah. play that much stealing because I like DJ Moore a little bit more in a game that I think is a, a little more back and forth than, than the Packers Vikings. Maybe. Yeah. No, I agree. I think um, to go with a former team, like I think Diggs at sixty four hundred on DraftKings makes more sense than Thielen. The Jets are yeah, starting two cornerbacks that I've never heard of, and I'm a Jets fan. That's that's not a good way to start week one. No, it's, it's amazing. You want, at least, you want to know the guys' names in week uh-huh. one. Like week six, the guys get hurt. You're like, I don't know who that is. But in week one, if you don't know your cornerbacks, it uh, it might be bad. Yeah, it's uh, oof, eesh, not good. <laughs> um, looking at the top, like you mentioned Julio. You know, I, you can always play Julio. Seattle was, uh, was actually weak against wide receiver ones last year. They played the rest of the defense pretty well. But, um, you know, they add Jamal Adams now, so I don't think we fully know how their secondary is going to function. Obviously, they add, when you had a stud like that, mm-hmm. um, things changed a little bit. They were batting as tight ends last year, and maybe and that probably changed with Adams there. Yeah, um, who had 150, 150 yards on them last year, but you know, it's they're a different defense with Adams. Um, if you play, if you play Julio in a, in a Matt Ryan stack in a you know kind of a Atlanta Seattle is going to go crazy game. I don't have a problem with that. I just I just prefer Adams myself. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I mean, I also think you could get away with trying to not play julio in a falcon stack yeah you go you go you go ridley and hayden hurst pretty easily right. and, and, and be fine too right. um so it, it, wide receiver gets really crazy down here so let's go let's go above six thousand for first um we talked about Thielen, we talked about Diggs, we talked about uh dj moore anybody else above six that uh you're gonna find yourself uh, attacking fairly aggressively uh i like the idea of tyler boyd Sounds like he and Burrow are like our boys now, so that always helps. Um, yeah, I do like Tyler Boyd too. Yeah, I, I like Boyd I more. How much he sees uh, Chris Harris kind of following him around the field, which worries me a little bit because Harris is one of the one of the few guys that I do worry about as as a cornerback with my receiver. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I, th- it, I think it's Boyd. Ridley makes sense for the same reasons we were talking about Julio. Although I guess Seattle was same, same price, sixty one hundred also. Right. Um, but those, I mean. Are you looking at Keenan Allen? Um, no, I like Keenan Allen as a player, but only 200 yard games last year. I want to see a game with Tyrod first. I mean, yeah. there were games with over the last few years of Rivers just forced the ball to him, and you love that in fantasy. Um, so I actually like a guy more than all three of those guys that you haven't mentioned yet at 6300. Um, I love DJ Chark this week. Um, in a game where they should be trailing Indianapolis, really good game script. Um, I don't think that the Jags have any sort of running game at all. I think Gardner Minshew is a guy that will you know, will sling it a little bit. I just think Chark gets a lot of volume. I think he's talented. I think he's healthy now. He got hurt at the end of last year. Um, he's a guy at 6,300 that I uh, you know I like more than than Ridley and Boyd and probably even Thielen this week. I get it. You don't seem you don't sound in love with it though. Uh, any time I look at any of these guys in the group, like I sure he could be the best guy in the group, but I just think this is kind of a dead zone. Okay, so let's jump under um, six thousand. We've got we've got some really interesting guys right under six. Yeah, um, Odell Beckham is fifty nine hundred, DK Metcalf fifty eight hundred, and Terry McLaurin is fifty six hundred. I think those are the three guys that people are really going to be jumping on in the in the highest fives. And kind of the point that reason that I thought I was going to like Emmanuel Sanders a lot this week, and it's fifty seven hundred. 
it's hard for me to go Sanders over those three guys. Um, do you like those three guys? How much? Are you someone you're going to really uh, attack this price range? Yeah, I think I could have three guys in this range. Like, Yeah, I think I could too. It's just uh, the the salary difference between these guys and the ones we were talking about, the, the Godwin, Thielen, Adams group. Like, It just seems like they're, they're close enough. So uh, McLaurin's the one that I'm the most hesitant on. Um, that's more a Haskins issue than a McLaurin issue. I was going to say, I don't think anybody has a problem with Terry himself. Right. I think it's a quarterback quarterback issue, but they should be trailing. Um, he played really well against Philly. Philly was terrible against wide receivers last year. They did add Darius Slay, so that impacts their secondary a little bit. But, um, I mean, it, in terms of game flow, game script, and talent, McLaurin is, uh, looks pretty darn good at 5,600. Yeah. So, like, I think he certainly makes sense. Where do you fall with Beckham? And I have a I, I, Beckham and I have a long, complicated relationship. <laughs> he's been very good to me. He's been very bad to me. I just think under six thousand. I mean, you're getting a guy with top five talent, tough against this Baltimore defense. But again, I mean, they're going to have to throw the ball the entire second half. I don't think Beckham was ever fully healthy last year. He seems a little more uh, a little more ready to play and engage this year, which can obviously obviously flip off really quick with Odell Beckham mid game at any point. But he probably needs to hit a big play. I think that, you know, he's not going to be a, you know, 12 catches for, you know, 105 yards kind of guy. He's probably going to hit a big play, but I mean, you're talking about a GPP upside guy and you get Beckham under 6,000 and I'm, I'm always interested. Yeah. Yep. That's a, I mean, I think that's the argument for him. So it's just a matter of whether I, uh, it actually plays out. I love, out. love DK Metcalf though. We mentioned not loving receivers. He's the one guy under 6,000. I just think he's mispriced more than anything. I, th- I think that's the, the perfect way to put it. I think he's underpriced for what he can do. And so I think he should be in the, in that group that I said was a dead zone. He should be in there. Yeah, I do too. And in a game that is the, one of the highest totals with a great quarterback, DK Metcalf led the NFL and wide, led NFL wide receivers, the 18 red zone targets last year. They love him in the red zone. Mm-hmm. They should. I mean, let, that's, that's all receivers. I mean, he's a, he's an absolute freak of nature beast and, and really good. I, I uh, Metcalf's probably the, the first guy that I slot in this week when I'm building my lineups. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I, 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 I just, I just, when I see someone that I think is just mispriced into going into week one, it's just not, I'm going to go ahead and play that. Yeah, no, I mean that's certainly I mean, the. You've the way got to do it. you got indoors. You got uh, you got a good game script. You got a good over under. You have a good quarterback. Uh, you have a talented player. I mean, there's a lot of guys you could pick in this range, but I, it's it's hard for me to argue against Metcalf uh, as I think he's going to be the highest percent owned receiver. I just think he's mispriced. No, I I totally agree. Uh, the uh, other guy I want to bring up here yeah. um, is, so I, I posted an article months ago when FanDuel's prices came out doing these, this like was it, exercise. Was it, really month, was it only a month ago? Was it only a month ago? No, I was saying, was it, it could have been. I, oh. It seems like forever ago, but it's crazy that we had prices for that long. Yeah. Uh, maybe it wasn't. I don't even know. But um, could have been 10 years time. for all I know. But anyway, <laughs> it feels um, like- one of these, one of the exercises I do is what I basically call blind stacks. So I, I have like all the depth charts out, which um, have obviously changed since that article was posted. But right. um, it is I basically use the depth charts to take like whoever the quarterback, top two wide receivers, and the tight end, and then I'll I do a, a few different stacks: three three wide receivers, throwing running back, whatever it is, and I compare them just their salaries to their implied totals uh, because it essentially says like. Forget who the players are. So obviously this is not taking into account whether the team runs a ton. And so maybe you actually don't want their wide receivers and their, and their tight ends or whatnot. But it just, so I'm not, 
uh, skewed at all of knowing who the players are. It's like, who do I, who fits in this range? Okay. And the one that jumped out for specifically week one, uh, and their implied total has actually moved up since I posted that article, is the Colts. So the Colts have the third highest implied total on this slate. And we talked earlier about how like, crazy because we haven't we haven't mentioned a cult yet, which is right, wild, right? Yeah. And so, well, we talked about Mac and Taylor. Oh, that's and right. Like, we we're about. gonna they're they're gonna run the ball, obviously. Yeah. Like this is how they're gonna play. Um, so looking at the cost of the blind stacks, so I was like, what is this team? Because they were the, in terms of quarterback, the cost of their quarterback, their top two wide receivers, and their tight end, which that's a big stack. So like, you don't necessarily have to go there. Right. But so they have the third highest implied total and the 18th highest price of that group. So like Philip Rivers, T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell and Jack Doyle, who we will definitely talk about in a little bit, um, are the 18th most expensive stack on the slate. And so obviously they, they, they don't have a guy over, over 6,000. They right? don't yeah. No, And Looking at that made me immediately think of week one of last year because the Millie Maker lineup had Lamar, uh, Hollywood Brown, and Mark Andrews. And like nobody went into that week like, I need the Ravens passing attack. And, and they had locked up the Millie by like this, by halftime. By halftime, right. Jackson, Andrews, and Brown were so crazy. And, and obviously, uh, Philip Rivers is not Lamar Jackson. So. <laughs> in so many ways in in, in a, a couple ways i'm not going to throw him totally under the bus um however and now i'm i'm almost certain that jackson had zero rushing touchdowns in that game um i'm trying to pull it up quickly because i was pretty sure he threw for five you, you keep talking i'll pull it up um so and and again rivers is obviously not going to have the the rushing yards that um lamar had but oh my god, he had he had six rushing yards in that game total. Oh, all right, perfect, perfect. Wow, three rushes for six yards and no touchdowns. Right. Oh my god, that's that's great recollection right there. So, and again, there's no guarantee this plays out. And um, but I mean, when you when you're trying to get contrarian, uh, there are obviously a bunch of different ways to go. But one of which is who if. If everybody is going to say, well, the Colts, you know, they got, they've got got a great running game. They're going to focus on Mack and Taylor, and that's all they're going to do. Like, they have a new quarterback. They have, they have guys who catch passes. <laughs> and there's no guarantee that Taylor and um, Mack are going to be the ones who score. Like, yep. they, if all it takes is one missed tackle and T.Y. Hilton is gone. And so... Um, it just seems like nobody wants to play the Colts this week, but blindly in terms of the fact that they have this third highest implied total and they're cheap, we should have some Colts. I tell you what, that whole thing is why you're good at this. That's <laughs> really, it's a really good, I, wish I was better at it, but I know but that's a really good and that you're getting third highest implied total. Like you said, for guys that are not only cheap, but can be low percentage. Like that's, that's really, really hard to find normally. Right. Because sometimes we get those guys, the whole offense is cheap, they're going to score a lot of points, and everybody's playing all of them. I haven't heard anybody talk about Phillip Rivers or T.Y. Hilton or Paris Campbell really all week. Right, and and they probably shouldn't be talked about. Like, when, when you really, like, come down to it, you're like, these guys aren't that great. 
But like, this is a high variance game that, and weird things can happen. And when you can play um, these three, even if you just do Rivers, Hilton, and Doyle, um, Doyle, I have seen some talk of just because, okay. yeah, um, because he's so cheap. But like, if you get those three guys, now you can play McCaffrey and Thomas and you know Antonio Gibson. Um, but like, you can pay up for the guys that like. Again, we talk about that, like maybe chalky, but like if you combined those chalky players with Philip Rivers and T. Y. Hilton, like you might be able to separate yourself enough from uh, from that standpoint. There is a, there's no doubt in my mind I'm going to be playing a Colt stack on some GPP lineup this week now. What, you, like, why not? I really I really like it. I'm going to bring G- DJ Chark back on the other side, <laughs> get a little uh, get a little spicy in that game. It's uh, I really like that. I really like that call. Mm-hmm. And one that uh, I, I had Hilton written down, but one I had not uh, thought that in depth about. It's a really, really good presentation there. I like it. Thanks. I'm sure that would shut out now, but whatever. It, it's what no happens. Doubt. Yeah, it'll it'll be sideways rain in in Florida, and right. something weird will happen, right? right. Uh, Lamar Jackson that game. I mentioned three rushing yards for six, three rushes for six yards. He was 17 for 20 for 324 and five touchdowns. It's, it's crazy. It's the craziest game. Mm-hmm. That's just nuts. So, um, but let's jump to under 5,000 on some receivers. Um, there are a number of guys down here that I think you can play. I think are interesting. I think uh, might actually be really good too. The first one for me is uh, Deshaun Jackson. We mentioned before that I don't really like Wentz this week, but it's because he's missing weapons that makes that makes Deshaun Jackson really interesting to me. Um, Alshon Jeffrey's out. Jalen Rieger's out. Um, Djax has a lot of big week ones. It's probably because it's the only time he's actually healthy in games. So it's uh, he's out. He's like three or four big week ones. Washington, or oh, I said it right this time. Washington has no one to guard him. Uh, if Wentz can get some time, which I think is the big problem, I think Washington's be able to rush the rush the passer pretty well. He needs a little bit of time. He's going to take a couple deep shots at Djax. Um, I think at forty nine hundred, he's a he's a really really prime GPP play. Yes, um, I will agree with you there. I think I, I've seen enough people mention Deshaun Jackson that uh, that it has started trickling into the cash consideration. And yeah, I don't think I ever play him in a cash lineup. I, ne- I never, 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 never. And so but I think, I think I do think it's gonna be popular. I think that uh, the situation kind of bears itself out. I think he's going to, he's going to be in a lot of lineups, but I do like him. Yes. Um, I'll put it that way. Um, just, he makes sense from a wide receiver one and a favored team situation but um they're actually a fairly low cost stack um and that actually includes jeffrey who's probably more expensive you throw in somebody else and it gets even cheaper but um yeah i I get it the other guy right in that range before i get to the really cheap guys that i do like uh, i like anthony miller this week um five thousand on DraftKings, 5400 on FanDuel. he's just someone that like really came on in the second half last year he had 55 targets last seven games um he's gonna be in the slot justin coleman who is the uh the detroit uh guy that covers the slot is not very good um miller faced him last year and had nine catches for 140 yards in that game I think the situation works well. I think the Detroit, you mentioned Stafford earlier. I think Detroit's actually going to score some points in that game, and the Bears' D is good. Um, if I'm going to take anyone in the Bears' offense, it's going to be Anthony Miller, and I think he's a very interesting pivot off Jackson. going to be popular. I think Miller would be way less popular. I like him just as much. I get that. I get that. I was actually considering mentioning Allen Robinson earlier just because I think he's such an elite player in yes. such a horrible situation. And just wish he had a quarterback throwing to him beside, that wasn't Trubisky. Right. Miller's the reason I probably don't i mean excuse me trubisky is the reason i probably don't consider miller 
Yeah, I just think that Miller's enough of a slot guy that the the Trubisky accuracy does not come into play quite as much. Well, okay. But that's fair. I mean, I, it's certainly a fair argument. I'm not going to argue that Trubisky's good for any player, but <laughs> um, you know, and, and and you mentioned Robinson. He's only 6,500 for a guy that is an elite talent and really really good. It's not a bad price. It's just you know, in that range, I'm just taking. You know, I, I'll take Tyler Lockett instead because he's got Russell Wilson thrown to him instead. You know, yeah. it's just it's hard with Trubisky. So what about really cheap at wide receiver? There's a there's a couple flyers down here that I think are interesting. Is there anybody kind of in the in the forty five four thousand to five hundred range that you are can really considering playing at all? No. And the only time I ever think about these guys is when you bring them up. And so I'm anxious okay. to hear who you have. So the first one is in Minnesota. Uh, you mentioned Thielen earlier without Diggs. I think BC Johnson is a good play this week in a GPP. 4,100 on DraftKings. He should get Kevin King covering him a lot. Kevin King's terrible. Kevin King was one of the worst cornerbacks in the NFL last year. Um, someone has to emerge out opposite Thielen. You know, they're not going to throw the ball to him 20 times a game. Uh, Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph are fine, but not like it's not like a Kittle or, you know, Mark Andrews situation where you worry about the tight end taking a ton of targets. Someone's going to have to emerge here. Uh, Justin Jefferson's kind of a slow camp uh, this year. He's not looked great in camp. So I think it, the time for him is not quite yet. Um, I think uh, BC Johnson in a home game with a pretty, you know, Kirk Cousins is, I guess we call him decent. He's fine. Um, I think he's a very interesting GP play, play at 4,100 that uh, I think he's going to get enough action to, to be worth it, even if he doesn't score a touchdown. Okay. <laughs> you, don't, you don't sound excited about that one. I, I just don't. Uh, I'm pretty sure I uh, played BC in a sh- big showdown last year. I kind of remember. I, I kind of remember that too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I um, just, like, we keep mentioning it but as like a cash game player like these guys usually aren't remotely close to no i i agree there it's, it's a it's a gpp guy if you uh you know need that slot uh, down below you're playing some more expensive guys i think that uh i think greg ward's kind of interesting too uh for the for the eagles mm-hmm. uh, with with jeffrey bigger out he's 4200 on DraftKings. missed targets last week last four years or last four weeks of last year nine nine five and seven uh, so he's very active i think he's you know he's converted quarterback and was kind of trying to figure out the receiver position i think he has some trust with carson wentz i think that wentz likes him i think that they they'll use him i think he's going to be uh, i would certainly take him over like Arcega, Whiteside, or any of the other guys there, you know, opposite Jackson. I'd like the Jackson stretch the field, takes the safety's attention away. Uh, Greg Ward can kind of work underneath. Um, I think that uh, I think that Ward at 4,200 is a playable guy too. I guess I should mention. You're not sold there either, Dave. <laughs> I'm going to mention Paris. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, because I just had him here and I lost him. Was he 3,900? Paris Campbell. Uh, Paris Campbell, yeah. There sounds 3,900. Right. I mean, they have uh, Pittman, who um, is supposedly fourth on the depth chart, which seems a little silly, but um, he's 4,400. And I'm not sure you need to go to go there in the first week, but uh, Campbell works in that Colt stack. Paris Campbell did nothing last year. I'm kind of surprised how bad he was. He was hurt. He was yeah, hurt. he was. But like even the games he played... He had a 553. He, I thought he, I thought he'd done a little bit more than he had, and their their quarterback situation was bad last year. Exactly. Too, obviously. Exactly. With the you know the Andrew Luck surprise, uh, you know not playing retirement thing, uh, mm-hmm. threw them into flux pretty quickly. But um, yeah, if you're gonna play, a, if you're gonna play a stack there, and it's a good matchup, a good good game flow, you could get some good stuff from Campbell. I like that. Um, I'd probably go BC Johnson Award first if I'm not playing the Colts side of it, and just playing looking for one guy. But uh, I see it um, in San Francisco. It's tough. You know, we're talked about Debo and Ayuk probably not playing. Um, 
Kendrick Bourne was a little more pricey than I thought he'd be. I think he was like 4,700 on, uh, on DraftKings. Um, I think that if you wanted to get a little squirrely, I think that Trent Taylor is an interesting play there. Uh, only only in DraftKings, you, you need the PPR with him. Uh, slot guy that uh, Garoppolo does like a lot. He missed the whole year last year for injury. Um, if I were to go someone in that game, oh, Kendrick Bourne's 5,000. I would yeah, I was going to say he's 5,000, actually. <laughs> I do like Bourne. I think that Bourne's their, their red zone guy when they when they get down there, and I do, I do like that. But 5,000. Uh, at 3,900, I'm going to go with Trent Taylor over Bourne. He's kind of a uh, a guy that could fall into the, the you know the 7-8 the catch out of nowhere kind of guy. Ooh, all right. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah, so those are the ones there. Let's talk about tight end uh, real quick before we get out of here. Um, you know, another spot where someone is way above everybody else. George Kittle's seventy two hundred on DraftKings. Uh, you know, we mentioned just a second ago, no Samuel, no Ayuk uh, makes him you know even more the main guy than normal. Uh, Arizona is the interesting part of this. They were by far they were the ones that we talked about every week last year targeting against tight end. They were horrible against tight ends last year. Nineteen point nine DK uh, points per game. Second worst was fifteen point seven. So they were dramatically worse than anybody else. They did add Isaiah, added Isaiah Simmons, who kind of will play a, a hybrid linebacker safety role. And you got to figure his responsibility will be, will be Kittle a bunch of this game um, if they want to line it up that way. He's a rookie, so maybe maybe not. But I think he's there to kind of fix the middle of the field problems they had last year. Um, are you playing Kittle? No. Yeah, I don't think I, I. My favorite player, and I'd like to do it, but I just I, I think he's just so much more expensive than the other tight ends. Yeah, it's just not. I mean, he he would be the fourth, or I'm sorry, the fifth most expensive wideout, or fourth most. Fourth. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 fully fully priced this week. Yeah, um, I just don't. I just don't see the need to. It's, it's funny because, like, I definitely played Ross Dwelly last year in this against the Cardinals. That's your boy, Ross and, Dwelly. I didn't yeah. get a touchdown in that game, didn't he? He did. Um, yeah. And so it's like, oh, who's playing? I mean, obviously things change over the season, oh, over the off season. But it's like, all right, who is playing the the uh, Cardinals? Yep. And um, Dwelly had two touchdowns, by the way. Oh, I, sorry, shortchanged you on your great yeah. call. Four catches, five targets, fourteen yards, but two touchdowns. Hey, take that every time. Love it. Um, but yeah. then it was like, oh, it's Kittle. Oh, he's 7,200. So he's off off the table. Um, I just don't think, I mean, we obviously have like excellent tight ends on the slate. Andrews, Waller, Ertz. Um, I guess you could throw Cook and Henry in there if you want. Um, but I just don't see myself saving elsewhere enough to like justify these guys. Um, yeah, I agree fully on Kittle. Uh, there, I do like Darren Waller. If uh, if I'm going to play a a Raiders Panthers stack, and I, I do like that game, I think Waller is the one of those five you mentioned: the Andrews, Ertz, Cook, Henry, Waller. Uh, he's my favorite of that group. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find the money to play him, but he is my favorite of that group. Yeah, um, I mean, I just pay down so often at tight end yeah. that it just so tends good. to be what I can do. And there are definitely guys you can play on the cheaper end. So let's let's jump down there. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Jack Doyle earlier. Um, who else do you like on the on the cheaper end of here? Because I have someone that uh, I will probably be playing on most of my lineups down here. Ooh, um, I got a few. Uh, we mentioned Hayden Hurst before in terms of like Falcon stacks and forty three hundred. I think he's spoiler alert that that was the that was it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the other one was a stack I mentioned earlier, but T J Hawkinson at forty two hundred. I think is perfectly fine. Um, Doyle, we mentioned at 3,600 and then, uh, Chris Herndon for the jets at 3,300 might be legitimately their only pass catcher this year. And, and he's, he's talented. He's very good. Yeah. Um, he's good. 
he his injury last year was a real killer for them. Um, it was. I mean, Buffalo's a good D and good against the tight end, but if the Jets get down, they do have to throw it somewhere. I mean, yeah. I think that thirty three hundred for Herndon is very very playable. Right. I'm not paying. I, I wouldn't pay him at play him at forty five hundred, but thirty three yeah. I think is reasonable. Although to be honest, like the three hundred to Doyle is probably close enough where I I just play him. Yeah. So before Austin Hooper got hurt last year. Um, I'm going to just read you his receptions in games. And this is a team that has Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, mind you. Uh, nine, four, six, nine, six, eight, four, six, four. It's mm-hmm. extremely active. Um, that's eight weeks. That's uh, two, four, six touchdowns in that stretch, too. The, the Atlanta offense throws the ball a ton. They throw the ball to the tight end a ton. Uh, Matt Ryan loves to throw the ball to the tight end. I love Hayden Hurst this week. 4,300 on DraftKings. I think he's a talented guy. It was, was a high draft pick that got you know, just kind of buried behind Mark Andrews last year. Uh, I think they're going to use him. I think he fits the offense really well. I don't think he's going to be 4,300 very many weeks this year. He's a first-round draft pick. I mean, the guy's really talented. Seattle allowed the second most DraftKings point to tight ends last year. I know they added Jamal Adams. I do get that. But I think this week of all weeks, Jamal Adams will be focusing on Ridley and Jones more than Hayden Hurst. Um, my favorite tight end play, and it's probably not even that close. I think there could be a decent number of two tight end lineups hmm. because... Like, oh. it's funny you say that because I like Hurst more than any of the running backs or receivers in the 4,000 range. Yeah, and but even like... We were talking about the guy, the the thirty five to forty two hundred dollar wideouts. Like, yep, they were just no offense to them, but it was like it was yep. a bunch of guys. I mentioned BC Johnson and, and Taylor. I'd play Chris Herndon over all of them. I think right, right, just I straight mean, up. You can play Herndon. You can play um, Doyle. You can play. Uh, if some people are talking about Ian Thomas. Um, for the Panthers, like Can't, cannot catch, but yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, his hands are his hands are so bad. Yeah, um, but like there are there are definitely uh, tight ends to play, and obviously you're not ex- like if you're paying thirty five hundred for a wide receiver, like you're expecting, you're you're hoping like the best case scenario is like two catches for one hundred and four yards and a touchdown, like that they just break one and and that's it. Right. And you're, but you're, you're kind of, you're secretly kind of hoping for like six and 65 from a PPR kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, six is aggressive too. Like that's, Very. um, but like, so you're probably not getting that from Jack Doyle or TJ Hawkinson, but like you could get three catches for 35 yards and two touchdowns. And like that works out perfectly fine. And it's like the, the catches are in, in for DraftKings and PPR, like the tight ends are probably more likely to get four catches than the fourth wide receiver. And so uh, I don't think it's crazy to like, if you're really looking to pay down somewhere to play two tight ends. Yeah, that's a, it's a really interesting point too. I like that. And Doyle is, you know, they, they, they last year they had Ebron who kind of took a lot of the touchdowns and that's gone. Now they signed Trey Burton. He's hurt. Um, it does, it does line up for Doyle to be, you know, kind of back to that, uh, the year where he was, uh, you know, the guy in that offense and getting all the dump downs and, um, you know, newsflash, Philip Rivers loves, uh, dump downs. He loved Antonio <laughs> Gates, uh, Hunter Henry. He's a, he's a guy that likes throwing the ball to the tight end. Yep. 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 Yeah. Very nice. I like, I like that. Uh, that's an interesting call. Tight end's a very interesting spot uh, this week. Yeah. And, uh, I think, I think more reason than, uh, as we laid out that I just, I'm not gonna be able to find a way to get close to playing Kittle. No, I, I just don't see how you get yeah. there. 
Uh, any defenses that you especially like this week? I know defense is difficult, random, hard to figure out. You're hoping for that pick six. But obviously, you know, there is a formula on defense. You want a team that's favored. You want a team that can rush the quarterback. You want a team that, you know, pressures and sacks lead to turnovers. There, There is a little bit of formula there, although there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's some obviously some luck involved with returning fumbles, interceptions, you know, what bounces the right way. But uh, is there any defense that, uh, that sticks out to you this week as someone you're going to be playing more than most? The Jets. The Jets. Such a homer. Um, Twenty one hundred on DraftKings, and Josh Allen will will and make Josh some Allen. mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't see why the Bills are the most expensive defense. Just because people love going against the Jets' offense, but like, the, and the Bills' defense is good. It it is good, but like the Jets' defense is not like completely uh, error prone. That like they need that they should be the highest priced defense. I, I'm not playing the Bills defense this week, put it that way, at the price. Yeah. Um, the one that I like is a team that we kind of you you brought up is is Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, at Jacksonville, 3,000. I think that Minshew's a guy that likes to sling it a little bit, and that can be good for his receivers, but also good for the defense. Um, a formula where they, I think they'll be up in that game. Um, and they're priced down. There's a lot of, they're especially priced down at FanDuel. FanDuel, they're 3,700. They're like 1,000 less than than Baltimore, New England, and Buffalo, and, and Philadelphia, who are you know kind of the popular, you know, on on paper, obvious defenses to play this week. They're, they're 3,000 on, on drafting, so they're priced down a little bit there, but closer to the other teams. Like, it's hard to play them. You know, they're only $100 cheaper than Baltimore on DraftKings, which is tough, where they're $1,100 cheaper on FanDuel, which is pretty easy. Um, Philadelphia, I think, too. Uh, you know, you mentioned Dwayne Haskins earlier. Um, they're priced up a little bit too, but I do I do like that uh, that defense in, in that game. But um, I think Indy, I think a little bit Baltimore on drafting is interesting. I think that Baker Mayfield's a guy that you know can make some mistakes. Um, you know, we're kind of you're kind of hoping on defense here. I don't like New England. I like, a lot of people like New England. Um, I don't like their defense. A couple guys left. A couple guys opted out. I think the defense is super overrated right now. I think that's fair. And they're you know they're kind of in that range with the other teams where I, w- I would definitely go Baltimore or Indy over over New England this week. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Anything else you want to talk about? I think we kind of hit the entire slate. We kind of kept it at a, you know, a long time, but a pretty good, <laughs> uh, pretty, we're always going to be a little bit long, but, uh, you know, week one, there was lots to talk about at the top before we even got to players. Uh, anything else on your mind before we jump out of here for week one? No, just my advice of don't make dumb mistakes. Don't make dumb mistakes. Now, if you can just attribute that to all aspects of my life, <laughs> You just like sit in my office and say that like six times a day would be great. Yeah. No, it just like it goes back to what I was saying before that like you ask the simple questions first. And if like in terms of like the do I want to play this guy? And if the simple answer is no, don't keep working to like find a question where the answer is yes. Like then just throw them out of the pool. And on that same note, something that I find myself doing on occasion, don't like get to that last slot. And it's 5,700 and just play someone because they fit perfectly in that spot. Build your team as a whole, not for like fitting the exact spot. And I, I do that sometimes. I'm like, oh, I need someone that's 5,700 below. And I start looking at names and I, it's always a terrible way to build. Yes, totally agree. So thanks everyone for listening to the Royal Wire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS version. We greatly appreciate it. We're super excited to be talking about football. I'm really glad that it's here. It's uh, it's been a it's been a weird few months leading up to this, obviously a- across the country, but um, really fun to be talking about football. Um, you know, feel a little bit normal doing that. So we hope uh, hope you enjoy. We look forward to uh, hopefully talking about 17 weeks of DFS with you. And hope everybody has a good week. Good luck, week one, and uh, go Niners. Take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.